Welcome to the How Soccer Explains Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership principles through the lens of the beautiful game. Welcome back to How Soccer Explains Leadership. Thanks again for being a part of the conversation. Thank you for just faithfully downloading this podcast. I'm, I'm guessing based on the fact that you are listening to the post-match show for season nine, that you listen to the show quite a bit. So I, I just thank you for that. I, I thank you for listening, but I also really hope that you're engaging all this great stuff that we get to talk about. This season nine was a great season, and I'm just excited to talk about it with my co-host, my brother, Paul Jobson. Paul, how you doing, man? Doing great, Phil. I'm definitely excited about talking about our last four guests here. I, I think I say this every time we finish a season, but it's crazy to think we've been through nine seasons already. And I mean, just some amazing guests over the years and obviously thankful for our listeners, but those that are new, just encourage you. That's a great thing about podcasts. They never disappear. So if you're enjoying the content, you can always go back kind of in our alternating weeks. If you need, if you need more, how soccer explains leadership, there's more out there. So there's just some great, great stuff. Once you get past the very first episode, everything gets really, really good <laughs> after that. So, but no, this half season, we've already talked about the first half, but the second half of the season does not disappoint at all. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, and actually I think, I think what you're referring to is your interview, which I actually really like. That's actually the second episode just to make sure that, you know, our <laughs> original co-host is not offended by you, you know, you, you know, ripping on his episode. So I, I just want that's to, true. I've got to get, I've got to get my facts straight. The second episode, <laughs> <laughs> which I think was great, but you know, you're obviously so yeah, you know, and there's so much good stuff throughout, like you said. Please go back and listen. I'm so encouraged to hear people that are listening to every episode, but also going back and just, you know, revisiting. Because I know I did that recently, and I think I may have mentioned this when I did some training at Colorado State. I went back and listened to a bunch of the old episodes just to pull out different quotes and different different parts of those episodes. And I'm hoping to go back and actually make you know, similar to what Jives Winning does to be able to make some episodes that maybe episodes or maybe just videos that pull out clips and snippets. And I put one of those in YouTube to, to kind of plug our YouTube channel, too. There is a How Soccer Explains Leadership YouTube channel. Somebody asked me about that the other day, and I was like, oh, yeah, we have one. They said, oh, I didn't know you were on YouTube. That's all I listened to. I said, yeah, we're there. So go check it out there. I actually put a received identity versus achieved identity clip there. Just, you know, if people want to go, I'm going to start doing a little bit of that. Please give feedback on that, too. If you want to do want more of that, if you would, that would be something that you'd be interested in. Please let me know, because that will definitely uh, light a fire under me to get it going. If, in fact, I get <laughs> a lot of feedback from you to say, yeah, I'd love that. That would be great and super helpful for me. So please let me know that, too, because I know these episodes are long. That's on purpose, though. It's not something we just can't stop talking. It's It's purposefully long form. So there's just lots of good stuff that comes out of these, these episodes, but it also is something that we know is an investment. So thank you for oh, doing man. that. And also, you know, go back and listen to those, like, like Paul said, in those off weeks, or even if just throughout the week, also the transcripts are available online too. If you want to just go through and pick something out, they're available at the website, howsoccerexplainsleadership.com. So Paul, you know, with all that kind of logistics behind us, you know, I, there's there's a pretty uh, big new life life event in your in your life. I mean, outside of we talked about Marcy going to the Middle East during the World Women's World Cup and you being home and surviving the boys. We talked about that on the last episode. But what's going on in your life? 
you know, there's always awesome stuff going on in the in the Jobson household. And of course, Warrior Way and Warrior Way Gives and all those things are still uh, going well. In fact, we just started our fall season for Warrior Way here this last Monday. So that's up and running with over 200 kids on a Monday night, which is awesome. Blessed to be able to do that. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, if, if, if anybody follows me on my social media, I do not have a YouTube channel, uh, but on my other social media, join forces with a good friend of ours, Don Williams with SRUSA, who's actually been on our podcast in the past. So I encourage folks to go back and listen to that. And primarily what I'm doing, it kind of extends into some of the consulting I've been doing with individuals and clubs, but primarily helping students find the right college fit. And even beyond that, students who are looking for a little bit of assistance during their college years and what it might look like on the from the transfer standpoint of things and whatnot, and even into the in the professional ranks. But primarily helping folks find the right college, you know, and to be on this side of it is a, is a really a lot of fun. I mean, one of the things I really loved about college coaching was the relationships, obviously. Uh, and now it's different. Instead of going out to a field trying to find the right fit for Baylor, where we were for 14 years, now it's a matter of saying, okay, what – what skills and abilities does this kid have? And then getting to know them and figuring out, okay, which part of the country and what, what school within the United States is a great fit for that kid. So, but there are all the opportunities that are out there for, for boys and girls from a college perspective and soccer. A lot of it's just education, Phil, like that whole episode we did with Don. I mean, mm-hmm. it's golden, Yep. you know, it's just the education standpoint. I mean, I've, I've talked to a few people even this week of, you know, just not knowing, you know, if you've never done it before, you've never been through it. It is a daunting task. And, some clubs do a good job and and some clubs do better jobs, but to be a resource for folks who need just a little bit more assistance through that process, um, the college decision is a big one anyway. And if you add sport to it, it becomes a little bit bigger. So we specialize just in in soccer. So yeah, that's what I'm doing, man. And it's, uh, it's been, it's been awesome. It's been rewarding, just rebuilding some, some other relationships and, and some new relationships. So this is something that you're doing. This is where they can find Paul Jobson if they want to help out. Uh, if they want, if you want to, you know, get more Paul Jobson goodness, SRUSA is where you can do that. So, yeah, and, I, and I'm still working with with clubs. Uh, yeah. It's just not specifically and solely with with one club now. Yeah. So right. I think that's what it does. It it opens me up a little bit more to to be able to service more people. The club that I worked was working with was great, but we had a year contract and yeah. serviced them and did we did some really awesome stuff. And now I'm able to do a little bit more with more people instead of just generalized into into one club specifically. So yeah, able to spread my wings a little bit more and spread my spread my knowledge to to, to more folks. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And yeah, and that that John Williams episode, folks, we actually have it twice. It's the same episode. Recruiting 101 is the name of it. You can go back, search on the website for it. If I had a producer, he'd give me the exact episode title. <laughs> but I didn't want to, you know, look at my phone while Paul while you were talking about all that stuff. He's the most downloaded episode of the podcast. And, you know, and that's because a lot of you do have recruiting questions. There's a lot of parents and even coaches want to know, how can I do this recruiting thing better? What does that look like on my side? You know, so for coaches, don't think, oh, you got it all figured out. And I imagine if you're coaching, you know, you don't have it all figured out because it is a tough landscape right now with all these different letters. I mean, what we talked about even earlier in season nine with Skip Gilbert, just all the different stuff going on with. With the uh, with the recruiting landscape is is tough. It's just really difficult for parents to know what team should I play on. You know which coaches. What does that look like? Does it matter? You know how much should I be playing every year? Which, which tournament should I go to? Should I go to camp? Should I not go to camp? All these questions. I mean, it's so overwhelming for 
you know, for people who know what's going on because yeah. there's still so much going on. And, and it's yeah. not like there's one answer, right? It's not like one, co it's not like every coach has the same theory on camps or on tournaments or on which tournaments to go to. So to know which coach you're talking with, which schools you're interested in, all of that matters too. All that to say, you know, I, I, one of the stuff, the stuff I love with Dawn is, is we've talked about is he truly is interested in finding the right fit. And he's a guy who has coached at the different levels. So he knows, he knows his stuff. Right. And I, I have a kid at D two, you know, I've done trainings D one. I've watched a lot of different soccer, different places. There is a difference, but it's also, there's a difference within D one. There's a difference mm -hmm. within D two. There's a difference within D three and NAIA and going to Canada and all these, right. So there's all these things like, <laughs> you know, just with my kids to see that my daughter playing in Canada, my son playing at Biola and D two. So it's you and even watching him play, seeing some of these teams, they're, there's some really good D2 teams, right? So, yeah. and, and, and a lot of people, they're, they're navigating this through the lens of what they're seeing on, online through other people's stories, yeah. right? So they're just getting kind of a glimpse of things and, and kind of comparing themselves to that. And it's not, the, it's not the full story. I mean, you just kind of set it there. There's just so many opportunities out there of different levels and different schools, different parts of the country, different coaching styles. Like, and how do you do that? But you've got to make sure that for yourself, you know, we talk about this a lot just on this podcast is know who you are, know yourself mm -hmm. and you know what's important to you, what you may or may not want to study, what size school is important, what part of the country do you want to be and how far from home do you want to be? You know, all those things play a factor in that, you know, what is your what is your college budget uh, plays a big factor in that, too. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a big landscape to really navigate. And it's been fun to, to jump into this with Don and the rest of the team. You know, everybody on our staff is. Uh, a former college coach. So there's a lot of resources that we get to tap into that if I don't know a certain part of the country or a certain level, uh, there's someone on our team that does. So that's the thing too, is a, the network of people that we're working with, which obviously starts with Don, is vast. And uh, that's what I love about it is that I feel we can help just about anybody if they're willing to do the work. And that's the other thing people need to understand too, is that you kind of have to apply for this. You've got to be willing to do the work. you got to be, because it's not just like you call me or Don or anybody on our staff, and uh, we can magically get you to a college. Like there's a lot of work mm -hmm. that, that each family and each, each kid needs to do, but we're there to guide them through that process, build a relationship, really get to know them, evaluate them and help them to get where, where they need to be. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and I very, as you've said, I mean, you said this before you said this while you were at Baylor that you really respected Don and SRUSA and there's there's a lot of stuff out there and uh, for you to give that endorsement on that the other thing that's crazy to me is it's been a year since you had started that other contract like that's that's just crazy that when you said it's been a year since you yeah this is you know everything everything still in my life is based on like the fall season because I'm still in college <laughs> soccer. Right, so right, this is right. the second fall that I'm not a college soccer coach. Yes, so yes. Uh, it's it's been um, it's been that long and it's been it's been awesome. It's crazy to think. Um, yeah. But yeah, Don Don and I've been friends for for a while now. And you know, one of the first people that called me when I stepped away from Baylor was Don because he's just yeah. a great guy and very yep. you know just a caring dude. And uh, we've kept in touch and uh, it's been it's been cool. But yeah, it's crazy to think that it's been. Second fall now that I've been out of college coaching and really I, I'm enjoying it from this side, uh, this, this side of the field to be, to be sure. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So the, the last uh, month or so of uh, my life, I've had a lot of stuff with the North American sports movement and the, 
the soccer side of things, especially. So we've been, you know, we had a big conference. People came from all over the country and Canada and Mexico as well, uh, down in Carlsbad. And also last weekend I was in St. Louis with the cup of nations they have out there. And it's just an awesome gathering of people tournament, 16 team tournament, but then just a bunch of people, refugees, recent immigrants, we're going to, you know, putting them on all, all over the country. So keep an eye out for those in your, in your areas and get involved because it's such a great thing to be able to do life together with people who you otherwise likely would not. I mean, you might not even see them in your communities, let alone actually spend a weekend food festival, carnivals, different things going on so families can connect. And that's stuff that, you know, we're working on these strategies in connection with World Cup 26 and connection with Copa America 24 and connection with Club World Cup 25. I mean, it's so crazy all that's coming to our nation uh, here in the U.S. It's just unbelievable. So we're, we're creating all these different things. And it was just such a great time to be able to connect with the people who are really seeking to do life with people and make disciples. And that's was something that I, you know, I know is near and dear to both of our hearts. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's exciting to see the opportunities that are there and to be able to, to be able to enter into them. So I, I want to, you know, we, we could talk for hours and hours about all that stuff, but you know, right now I want to, you know, maybe we'll get another episode with you talking about recruiting as well from your perspective, because that's, a, you know, you have that unique perspective and we've never done an episode just like that. It would be interesting to do that. But Right now, you know, we want to give a little review because it is the post totally. show, right? You know, and yep. I want to start with the last episode we did because we just talked about all these different levels, right? And the last yep. interview we had was with Patrick Gilliam, you know, who has become a good friend. I, I just respect this guy so much and even more so after our interview, just hearing yeah. his, you know, his heart, hearing his passion for what he does. And as we talk about these different levels, he's at Division Three. You know, and a lot of Division three coaches would be like, yeah, we don't have scholarships and yeah, we don't have this and it's so hard. And it's so difficult. But Patrick has such a great view of I know these players are here because they want to play and they want to be here. There's none of these. Well, I'm getting money. Well, it's just making it easier to go to college. And he's had such a great institution. So it was, I thought it was a really, really good interview to hear. Not only his heart, I mean, we, we call it love, discipleship, multiplication, because that's what they're about at Wheaton. Such a great institution to learn and to, to grow close for Christ and his kingdom is their mission statement. So that's something that was, you know, just I thought it was a really good interview to get that overview of D3, but also to hear really integrating faith in coaching and not just not just saying, oh, well, we're going to have a great culture. And it could be at the expense of winning. No, it's a both and, as he said during that interview several times. So what do you think about that uh, conversation we had with Patrick? Yeah, you mentioned it at the at the top. And, and you know, just thinking back to that episode, it reminded me I had a, I had a good friend of mine that coached Division One for a long time and uh, went from Division One to Division Three. And I remember seeing him uh, on the recruiting trail and I said, hey, like, how has that transition been? And he goes, yeah, I was kind of nervous about it because, you know, you work with these you think you're working with these driven high level division one athletes and you think you're going to go to division three and everything's just going to get, you know, they're not serious about it. Yada, yada, yada. Here's what I've found. It goes, is that it's just a different type of seriousness. They take everything serious. The academics are serious. Here's the, the, the t amount of time we spend on the soccer field isn't as much as at the division one level. He goes, but because of that, they just are craving that time on the field. They're craving that time with each other. 
And he goes, it was, ref and it was refreshing for him. So in talking to Patrick, I kind of got that same feel. Like, man, just the, the, the fact that the kids, what they're doing at the Division three level, you know, that commitment to academics is there. And, it, and not that it's not there at the other divisions, but, you know, there's not athletic scholarship yeah. in Division three, right? So it's like, okay, do you want to, to play soccer? There's still the commitment to the team, right? It's not like they can just show up when they want to or whatever. Like, it's a full commitment, but there's no, there's no aid involved. So they're doing it because they love it. And, and you see that Patrick, his love of the game and love of person matches that too. And I think that's why he's a great fit for that. And you get that through the interview of like just his ability to connect with players and what's important to him really matches uh, that mission that Wheaton has as a, as a school. And, you know, the, the success that, that Wheaton has had uh, on the soccer field and really in, entire, in their entire sports programming is, is pretty special, but I think they handle things the right way. And he's been, you know, he's relatively new to the program. Uh, I think this is his second fall. I think it is. Yeah. Is that uh, correct? I so, so yes. Yeah. But, but you'd think he'd been there forever. Mm -hmm. He's just a perfect, a perfect fit for that, yeah. for that position and uh, familiar with the, the, the staff there and they do a great job. So I think that's what stood out to me is that, you know, sometimes you see coaches take over programs, uh, at any level, it doesn't matter, you know, and you're like, wow, is that, is that a fit? You know, but you see Patrick, uh, with the Wheaton program, you're like, yeah, that makes, that makes total sense. And then through the interview, you even get that even more of what I think he does a great job of representing what that program is about. And I think he's doing a really good job with those, with those athletes there. Yeah. You know, and I, I've been able to get to know, as you said, Patrick over the last couple of years and all I've known him as is, or is, as is a, uh, Wheaton Wheaton coach, but I think that we met, I, well, I met him when we were at that Kansas city soccer convention, the United mm -hmm. soccer coaches convention, walking to lunch. I don't remember if you were with me, but, but he had just started. I didn't realize that he had literally just started that month at Wheaton. So that's, that's pretty much, uh, he, he can mark his Wheaton time by how long he's known me. I mean, that's basically probably what he does. So yeah, he probably uh, so. Yeah, that's probably the, the marker. But, yeah. uh, but uh, sarcasm, <laughs> folks, if that didn't uh, you know, translate yeah. well on the on the airwaves. So, yeah, I, I, I think that the thing about him, too, is, as you said. It's perfect for the, the match and the mix because he is a mentor at heart, like he does mentoring of coaches. I know some other coaches who he mentors has been mentoring. Um, not just, and he doesn't get paid for that, right? It's not like, uh, he's, he's doing it. So he is, that's, that's who he is. That's who yeah. he is in his heart. And that just shown through in that interview, I thought, and, and, you know, I know I have a lot of friends. My friend used to be the chaplain at Wheaton college. I have some other, you know, other friends who have a lot of, you know, people who've gone there. And so to see him in that match is, is such good. And that's, again, goes back to that right fit, right? As coaches, make sure you're in the right fit, too. It was interesting actually talking to Carrie Sanchez. It reminded me of that interview, too. Go back and check that interview out because she worked at Claremont McKenna, and they had she was very successful at the D3 level, then went to be a, you know, an assistant at D1 level, and then back to Colorado College, head coach at D D one. And the cool thing about that is that's where my wife went at Colorado College. It's D three in all sports except women's soccer and men's hockey. Mm -hmm. So she said it's that great mix of that D three culture at the campus and D one soccer. So it's, it was it was something that she really appreciated that D three level too. So as you're looking for schools as well, I mean it's something that yeah there aren't scholarships, but you know, if you're able to make it work, they do give a lot of aid. A lot of those D3 schools academically, 
So it is something that if that's some, you know, don't just say, oh, I can't afford it. So forget it. You know, definitely take a look, find the right fit academically. Uh, that's what I tell kids. Find the schools you want to go to and then go from there. Anyway, that's that's yeah. something that uh, I really appreciate him. Anything else yeah. before we move on? Yeah, yeah. before we move on, just one thing that, that caught my attention in the interview that I wanted to bring up again and, and to have people kind of go back and listen to it. Maybe they'll pick on it, pick up on it too. You know, we're always, we talk a lot about communication and, and leadership and how important it is. And I thought he made a really good point and we've heard it before, but I think bringing it up again is good. And, you know, we, you, you've said before over and over again, instead of saying like, I have to do something, I get to do something, mm-hmm. just that change of how you say things is important. He made a comment. He said, change difficult conversation to crucial conversation. Yes. You know, we talk about as, as leaders and as coaches, sometimes those difficult conversations, they're conversations you have to have because if you don't have it now and have that difficult conversation now, it becomes a difficult situation later. He, he shared with us that changing difficult conversation to crucial conversation makes the hurdle to get there a little bit easier to get over. Right? Hey, this, mm-hmm. is, this isn't a difficult conversation. This is a crucial conversation. This is a conversation we have to have so that we don't run into bigger roadblocks later. And that was something I took away from that conversation that impacted me as a, as a leader and as a coach, um, as a consultant, all the things that, that we do uh, as a parent, right? As a, as a husband, yep. you know, it's a crucial conversation, not a difficult conversation. Just that mindset and changing those words has, has helped me. So I, I hope if people didn't catch that, I want to bring that up because that was something I felt was pretty pretty big in the, in the, in the conversation that we had that may have gotten bypassed with all the other awesome stuff that was, that was in there. Absolutely. I thought that was massive. And I'm actually going to use that as we say that book, steal like an artist is my favorite book. Or one of them, not my favorite, but it's one of them because it's what I do. Actually, I did a FCA talk recently and I, I stole the Graham Daniels achieved versus received identity. I've seen stolen that all the time recently. I gave credit. I gave credit where credit's due, Good. but that whole talk at the huddle was on that. And somebody said, I'm going to steal that from you. I'm like, I took it from somebody else. So good. Go for it. I know he'd be 100% okay with that because I'm sure he took it from somebody else. So um, it's good. But uh, yeah, I think that that's words matter, right? We talk about that a lot. Words matter. And that word, just switching it from difficult to crucial is huge because a lot of people avoid debate. A lot of people avoid, you know, conflict. They want to just avoid it at all costs. But if you say it's crucial for relationship, those same people who will avoid conflict are huge on relationship. So I think it's very, very important. As we said, a lot of these schools have nice problems and we want to make sure that, uh, that we understand that. I think it was, um, I think it was Jeff Spencer. He said, teammate is a sacred label. And this would be a good segue into, into Jeff's interview yeah. is teammate is a sacred label. And as a teammate, you don't have, you don't have the luxury of not entering into a difficult, crucial conversation if it's something that will make the other person better and make your team better. He's like, you don't have that luxury. You don't have the luxury of railing into a player if that's not, if it's just you taking out aggression on, you know, that you have and projecting, you don't have that luxury because teammate is a sacred label. And I think that's something that, you know, kind of ties that. Jeff Spencer was, we're going, we're going backwards this time. I think it's the first time we've ever done that, but we're going to go backwards. I just, I just unintentionally did that. But that interview with Jeff, I think that, that, that clip, which is, is definitely out there on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you, you know, watching those clips, but that clip on teammate is a sacred label and his discussion of teammate. I actually played for my wife, played for my kids. I was like, this is such 
And that's actually the one that I said it was like panning for gold nuggets as far as the nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> right. um, and, and I will reiterate that. That part of that interview I thought was so powerful because it's any team you've ever been on, you, you recognize something about your team in that paragraph. And it was something that was such a great challenge. I will play that for my teams whenever I, you know, I'm coach, I'll play that when I'm training because it's something that is, I thought was that powerful when I was listening back. what do you think of that yeah. interview with Jeff? Yeah, that, this is one of those interviews that, you know, you can go back and listen to multiple times and you're going to pick up on different things every time. It, it's one of those interviews where I think I caught myself just really, sometimes you're doing an interview, you're thinking about what are we going to say next? What's the next question? And I think you'll hear even in the interview, there's there's some pauses between him stopping talking and us starting because I think we're kind of caught up in what he's saying to where you're like, oh, okay, this is an interview, not him actually just telling me things. So I found myself just like totally engaged. Uh, we've had a couple of interviews like that over the years, uh, but this one for sure where I'm just like, I am just like, man, I, I cannot like... There is no filter going into my ears. This is just, I am trying to absorb every single word that he's saying. So much wisdom there. Just an amazing, the, the, even if you just go back and listen to episodes to pick up on the different athletes that he's actually worked with over his career, successful athletes that you're, I mean, you're not going to have to think about whether you know who they are or not. These guys and girls are just people that you've heard of. And, and for him to just be just a normal, just a normal human being who's sharing uh, his wisdom that he's gained over the years and just his, you just pick up on his drive mm. that he, that he has and had that as an athlete. There's no wonder he's had success in mentoring other athletes and coaches because it, it just oozes out of him in such a natural way uh, that it's easy to to really pick up what he's putting down. And I, one of the things that just, I, I took from him, one of the minor things, and there's so many greater things that he threw out, but it just hit me in the moment. It was like, decide, uh, decide how you're going to show up. I think that's yeah. just such a huge yep. Yep. little thing. And I think it's something that as a coach, you're always trying to, you know, put into and communicate with your athletes. But I think he just said it just, like I said, he's it's just, it just oozes out of him so naturally. It's like, decide how you're going to show up, yep. right? To anything, right? What are you going to do in those moments? What are, how, how are you going to show up to the moment? And if everybody has that mentality, how are you going to show up for the moment and, and you, you put your best out there, then yourself and your team are just going to have every opportunity to be, to be successful. I had, a, I had a conversation with a coach, a college coach recently, and the conversation was, was back and forth with an athlete. And the athlete just had these comments of like, well, to the coach, like, well, you've done this or you haven't done that. And our team, this and needs this and that from you. And he listened to all of it. And by, when she was done talking, he said, Hey, listen, I appreciate what you had to say, but what are you, what are you doing to help this process? You know? Uh, and I love that. And it kind of goes back to this is like challenge your athletes to show up, you know, and say, Hey, what are you doing? You know, it's not just about everybody. We have this tendency to just point our fingers at everybody else, right? Well, what, what am I going to do in this moment to help the process? So that was something that, of the millions of nuggets that you could pick up out of that. That was one that, that yeah. hit me. And I think also talk, just talking through his, um, what do you call it? Champions ladder he has. Yeah. yeah. So just great, 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 great stuff in there for, for that too. Yeah. And I will say like you were talking about there, I, I normally go through these episodes and I pull out, you know, 
eight to 10 clips. Some episodes I've had like 11 or 12 and I have to cull it down to about 10. This one, I had 17 clips that I had. By <laughs> Not surprised. And I'm like, okay, I got to get this down to 10. And like cutting those seven was really hard because it's just yeah. there's so much and again if that's not an endorsement to go back and listen to it again i don't know what is because he you know i thought in patrick's interview was super it was great all these interviews are great don't get me wrong yeah. like yeah. all of them are great interviews with so much good stuff in them and i'll say patrick's i didn't say his the books he recommends in that are probably three of hmm. the best books for leadership that relate to athletics at some level actually one of them isn't purely athletics, but actually two of them aren't, but they're, they're totally awesome books for team, um, and leadership. But this interview with Jeff is life experience. And you said it was an athlete. Like he rides from like Pasadena area to the Montage and Laguna beach. I just Google that on, uh, on the freeway, it's 58 miles. So, yeah. you know, that's a long, and he goes back. So that's a long, he's still doing that. He's 70. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I, I hope I can ride a bike around my neighborhood at 70 and he's just like, whatever, it's no big deal. But that's the guy who, that's what he's able, as you said, you can't give what you don't have yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. So that idea of he truly has lived this and talk about humble, like one of the most gracious, humble, even, you know, sending an email to him, he writes back, hey, thank you so much for the thought that went into this. I know this took a long time for you to do like, no one does that, but yeah. just that gracious, he is a man who, and that's what I've noticed is the most, the people that are filled with the most gratitude tend to give the most out as well. And I can, he is a man that I can tell is just filled with gratitude as I was talking with him and as we were able to talk with him about the different things. So definitely yeah. check that out. I mean, I think we talked a lot in that interview about the different things that, that we thought as well. So I don't want, I mean, if we talk about that, it would be a three and a half hour episode. We don't want to do that. Go listen to that episode. The best thing we can say about that episode is go listen to it. You will not. Be, Absolutely. Uh, you know, you won't think, oh, I wasted the time in my life. You will be like, I got to listen to that again. Yeah. And if you aren't saying I got to listen to that again, chances are you're you're not a you're not a learner. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's that was an episode uh, <laughs> that was just full of things that I've been studying leadership for a very long time. And I was like, the way he said that, I've never heard. And I thought it was so powerful the way he was talking about it. Or if I have heard it, I've never heard it in that way. And again, it comes from experience and it comes from a man who not only himself experienced his own experience, but coaching those big names, right? Because it's not so much a big name is, is special because they're a big name and they're a celebrity, but the pressures that those big names have to perform every single time, you know, Tiger Woods is one of them, right? I was here and I think he mm -hmm. said like he wins like 3% of the time. seems like he wins more than that. But like yeah. the pressure to win every time and you win 3% of the time, that's really hard, really, really hard. Um, and so that's, that's something that I really appreciated about that, that interview. And just, I was, you know, it's, I didn't, I didn't know him before I was introduced to him by a friend and I was expecting, you know, just because of his resume, kind of difficult to get a hold of, got to go through an assistant, going to be, you know, take a while. And it was, my friend connected me immediate. Mm -hmm. If that's not a lesson in itself, don't. Don't think you're bigger than you. No one is that big to to not be kind and to not be 
gracious and to not have gratitude and to also not just be accessible. And so that's something that I, we've talked about that a lot over the course of this show is just accessibility. Like be accessible to people. Yeah. You know, I don't care how yeah. big you get, be accessible because, you know, you were where these people were at some point in your life. So that's something that obviously I'm not saying don't have a family. I'm not saying do what Bob Goff did and put your name number in the back of a book. I'm not saying <laughs> that, but be accessible and, you know, respond to your texts and your emails. Um, <laughs> so that's, yeah, right. that's, you know, I know there's some that don't and they're like, well, I don't have time to do it. I got to be with my family. I'm like, well, you have, you have time, even if it's, Hey, have an auto reply saying, I, I I'll get back to you when I can something, but have at least the, the courtesy to do that. So anyway, that's the leadership lesson, little leadership nugget there from, from me. All right. The next, next guy we got to interview is a guy that I've interviewed. Now I think this is my fifth time I've interviewed him. Four others were on the other pod, you know, think orphan podcast, but he's just such a great man. Great friend. Um, I think that's what I, one of the themes of this, this, uh, this season was just the humble leadership of guys who are bigger then they would appear when you actually talk with them as far as their name and their their position, so to speak. Because I think they they model what we've talked about, which Graham Daniels talked about, that station mm-hmm. versus vocation. I think these guys, it's a vocation. They know it's a calling from God. And Andrew Murray in the book Humility talked about humility is not, you know, necessarily even thinking less of yourself. It's knowing your source. And that's what I saw about these guys is they, they know their source. They know it's not them. They know they're given this opportunity to do these really cool things in their lives. And they're just able to share with others. And that's what I really feel about Peter Greer every time I talk with him is he's just grateful for the opportunity to serve God and do things, amazing things around the world. And we were able to talk with him about Hope International and the work he does there to alleviate yeah. poverty but also how he learned so much of that at Messiah College. And I've been wanting Mm. to get someone from Messiah for a long time, and I love that I was able to blend it with Peter and all that he's doing because it's easy to just go, here's the leadership lessons, and they're really great lessons, and they impact a lot of people. And that, But to actually see him going through it, him learning those lessons, and now on the other side of that, to take those lessons he learned at Messiah and use them in one of the biggest nonprofits in the world that's doing some of the most amazing poverty alleviation work in the world, and to see how he is doing it. We even enti- uh, uh, titled the episode Gratitude Versus Entitlement. He is doing it with just tremendous gratitude and living out what those lessons are. So what did you think about that conversation we were able to have with Peter? Yeah, I mean, I just echo a lot of what you just said. And I think that, you know, we talked a lot earlier when we we're talking with about Patrick and talking about Wheaton. And now we're talking really about Messiah, you know, another prominent soccer powerhouse. But there's a there's a book and we talk about it in the episode about it's called the Messiah Method that was written by a professor at the at the college uh, that kind of goes through, you know, the method that's that's been used and practiced throughout history, I guess you could say. Uh, it kind of helps to try to describe the success of the soccer programs at, at Messiah. But what I found was interesting is as we're talking to Peter and he talks about some of those things, you can see him just naturally like pointing back like this mm-hmm. as he's talking about the different points, because in his office, he has them listed on in a, in a frame on a poster or something on his wall. But so it's not, it's not like someone was, you know, went through a program was impacted by something in, in an interview. They just like, Oh yeah, yeah, that was big. And that was important. And I remember these couple of things, 
you know, this, that's why this person was important or whatnot, but you know, he's, he's living it and he's bringing it up every day in, in his, in his ministry uh, through Hope International and using those guidelines he used that he learned at Messiah daily and he has them on his wall and that's how practical they are to him. And so I just thought that was pretty unique because I think a lot of our guests have, a, you know, we asked them, you know, who was your most influential coach and why? That's one of the questions that we ask. And of course he, you know, uh, Peter goes through and, and just names every coach he had at Messiah, you know, <laughs> and, and points back to these things that he's still using daily in his life. And I think that I've said a couple of times in the last couple of episodes, I just think the impact that, that we make as leaders and we make as coaches, uh, sometimes in our own mind, we can, we can think maybe we're not making an impact. Um, and you don't have to have a method, a Messiah method or whatever. But I just think these are some of the interviews we've had is just a reminder of like, you may not know the impact that you're having on your coworkers or your, your student athletes or whatever it may be, your players. But that stood out to me, just the fact that he's, he's been so empowered by some of these things that he learned from, from his coaches. And uh, I think just what he's doing, how God's using him uh, right now is, is, is pretty cool. And the things that Hope International is doing over, I think, 24 countries throughout the world is pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. And I think he said it's like $3 billion or something that has been generated through the work that Hope International has done over the decades. And that's an amazing number. I mean, it, yeah. it, it threw a nonprofit that is doing such, such cool things. So the other thing that, you know, was, was really cool is he, he also said, we stole directly from the Messiah method, basically the, yeah. the sayings, cause it was Leighton Shoemaker that he goes, you had all these one liners, you know, and it's still the Leighton Shoemaker award that FCA does at every year's. Um, United Soccer Coaches Convention. So it's like the the coach who embodies these principles. It's yeah. this guy will live on, right? But he said, you know, they, he stole directly for their mission and for their vision and their values is grateful for everything entitled to nothing, right? He goes, we mm-hmm. just stole it word from word. It was like no shame. But that is something like to your point. You know, people can say it impacts them and it say that here's a lesson I learned and you're like, okay, whatever. But when you say, this is literally our value. That's the same <laughs> right. value. And we run one of the largest nonprofits in the world. That's saying something. And so when we talk about how soccer explains leadership, those leadership principles are obviously embodied into the soccer. But the, a lot of those lessons just come to life on the soccer field. A lot of those lessons, as he said, learning from failure, right? He was given the shot as a freshman. Uh, yep. I yep. talked with Brad McCarty about that afterwards and he was just laughing because he had told me about it before. And then I talked to him after and he's, he's like, yeah, I remember it. I remember it. Like, you, you know, I can still picture that, but to, to go, that could crush someone, but instead it was, no, this is something you learn from, you build on. And then no doubt in his, I know because I've talked to him about it in the job as a nonprofit director, president, CEO, it is hard. You know, there's not a lot of glory. There's not a lot of people giving you kudos, even at the big level. And you don't want it anyway. I mean, like, that's not why I'm doing it. But there's a lot of things that don't go how you wanted them to go. There's a lot of shots you get and it just falls flat on your face. And so to be able to learn that early on and to say, you know what? It's not the end of the world. Those principles don't end on the soccer field. They they go throughout all of life. And so that is why we do this show is because so much of that, I think, is being lost in our 
in our world today. We we lose that um, that picture of these this sport, this game isn't just about you know is, is about more than just scholarships. Is about you know we talked about scholarships, we talked about SRUSA and all that you're doing with that. That's great. That's for a very small percentage, as we talk about, and those that get scholarships and go to college, a very small percentage go keep playing soccer or even keep coaching soccer. The amount of people who are still directly in the game after college is so low. And even those players who go on to play pro, it's usually a short career and then you do something else. And so this to see is such a great, beautiful picture of, and I think this more than any episode we've ever done, the marriage between we're using these principles directly every day in work, at home, everywhere else. And I just love it. What do you think about the resignation letter? Is that something you want to do with Marcy? I mean, I think it probably would have gotten to that point, you know, <laughs> in, in coaching college soccer. I think we just kind of came to that agreement on our own without having to put a letter, an envelope and give it to her to send out for me. But yeah, that was, that was impressive and, and, and love that. And it kind of back to some of the things you were saying, a point that he made that we've heard before. But I think when you look at, you know, you're talking about how people kind of navigate the game now and how they're navigating every process they see. We see success after success after success online. And, you know, he made the statement, hey, lean into failure, right? You lean into that, into it. But we don't see enough failure in front of us. That's why we need people like like Peter and other leaders that we've talked to that talk about, you know, what does it look like to, to, to fail at times? And what do we do with that? You know, and even to the point of the resignation letter, hey, like at any moment, you feel like things are getting out of whack here. You take this letter and you, you mail it for me, you know, and I'm yeah. done. You know, just keeping your perspective where it needs to be when it comes to to to, to family and, and and everything like that. So the lean into failure thing is something I think we've heard before, but it's something I think is always good to continue to to bring back up to any leader, young leader, old leader, whatever. We can get caught up in our failures. We don't want people to see it. We want to kind of hide behind our successes. But uh, I think without the failures, we don't we don't get to success. And I think. Not enough people remember that. They just think success comes. But you got to lean into the failure, go through the hard things, be sharpened through those moments uh, to come out on the other end to, to find success. So yep. The, yep. the lean into failure piece was a big, a big point that I remembered. Yeah. And as always, there's more to it. And yep. that's why go listen to it. Just listen to these episodes. If you haven't already, and if it's something that you're like, I don't remember that, go back and listen to it again. You know, it's worth the time. Go check out, you know, go look through the transcript and find it and go listen to that part of the episode, whatever it may be. Use these episodes. This is a resource that we want you to use for every area of life. So that's Peter Greer. The last episode, well, it was actually the first episode of this half of the season, but the last one we're going to touch on today is the one with uh, Jonathan Van Horn, the executive director of Pro Soccer with Athletes in Action. And, you know, I've actually, before this episode even released, I used two of the clips in a training at, um, at Colorado State. It was the trust is the soil in which everything grows. Hmm. That quote was so powerful. And I use that. I talked to these, these teams. I'm like, hey, anyone garden here? You know, and a couple <laughs> people raise their hand. I'm like, what do you need in order to have anything grow? Right. And they're like, soil, you need great soil. I mean, that wasn't, I had to coach them a little bit sometimes, but if you don't have, probably, like, probably not many gardeners on the soccer team, just there saying, maybe, maybe there, many, were there were like two, one or two, two on each team that I did that with. There were two. 
uh, one or two, sometimes one, some people are like, eh, you know, and then the coaches sometimes would do it cause they need stress relief in the midst of their coaching. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're like sun, water, of course, you know, seeds, yeah, you know, of course, but without good soil, nothing grows. Right. And I know in Folsom, Folsom, where I live, you have rocks and I just had to do some, just get one sprinkler yesterday, find it cutting up my hand because of the rocks and the roots and the nasty stuff. If you try to grow stuff in there, it's not going to grow. It'll get suffocated. And in so many of our teams, we try to do all these things. We try to grow and cultivate a good culture and we don't have trust. And without that, you can't have accountability because they're like, forget you. You know, I don't trust you. I don't, I don't know. I don't know you. And I don't know why I should listen to you, right? And so that happens a lot of these times. And if we talk about with the, the trust, it's not just transaction-based trust, it's vulnerability-based trust. And so he talked a lot about that in that interview. And I thought that was one of the super, super powerful things that, that he talked about in that, in that interview. There's obviously a whole lot more, but that was one nugget that I took out of that that was very, very, very good and it was that was worth the price of admission on that episode i think yeah no i i I love that i think he had a lot of great things you know athletes in action i mean it's such a it's such a a large large organization and to see the different places where he's kind of had his hand in that too and the different ways that he's used his leadership tactics in those areas and now being over kind of the professional side of it. I've got to say, I don't know that I knew a lot about that prior to going into that, but what a, what a great uh, opportunity he has in the professional ranks, you know, to, to, to pour into people at that level. You know, we've talked about it before in some other episodes. I think a lot of times we forget about players once they get to that professional level, right? We talk a lot on this show because I think most of our listeners are, are probably not professional athletes or, or whatever they're, they're, uh, young athletes or parents of young athletes or coaches of younger athletes. But to listen to what he has to say is amazing stuff. Again, again, we talked talk about him last, but he's actually the first episode in this series. Just some really amazing things to go back and listen to and some great wisdom that he kind of brings to um, bring to the table for us, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're coming to an end here. I don't want to cut it short with, with Jonathan because it was a great episode. Yeah, so well, I, for sure. I definitely, one of the things he also talks about was, or is his, it's called shift. He actually has a podcast. He's taken a, a hiatus on that podcast. He's got a book that he wrote on it, but it's all about if you're an athlete and you're struggling with the transition, or if you know athletes that are struggling from the transition from playing to not playing, you know, I'll say a little Cliff's Notes version of what to do in that is Graham Daniels episode, have a received identity <laughs> and know that it's not about it. But Jonathan has a great, you know, it's called Shift and that's an acronym. So go listen to it. Talk, you know, check out his book, check out the podcast. If that's something you're really struggling with. We talk about that quite a bit on the on the episode. And so go listen to that for kind of a Cliff's Notes version or a Spark Notes version for those of the, the younger generation. You know, that was something that I really appreciate it's one of the big reasons i wanted to have him on because i know that's a big issue and even you know for paul as you're going from coaching to not coaching that's a transition that's hard any life transition a lot of these things apply to it as well but a lot so much of it starts with is your identity wrapped up in being an athlete if that is then that needs to that needs to change it really yeah. does, because that is not your identity. We, we also got a little bit. 
a little bit on on uh, specialization also because he was a, a multi-sport athlete also so i think we've talked a lot about specialization and i think you know there's i i loved his perspective and i just love hearing a fresh perspective on it especially someone who was a multi-sport athlete but works with athletes at a high level also um yeah. and i think some in some ways there's a little bit in there about you know not specializing in those transitional moments, your identity isn't fully caught up in one thing, you know? So anyway, I definitely just one other thing, you know, anytime we can talk about specialization or not specialization as an athlete, I think it's always good to point those, those different opinions out and hear different people's thoughts on that. And he has some good, good, good positions on that too. Yeah. And I I just want to say like, for those of you who think we might just be talking about specialization and not living it as parents, as you know, as in our lives. I mean, both Paul and I were multi-sport athletes as kids. Yeah. Our kids are multi-sport athletes. And, you know, my daughter actually strained her hamstring recently, probably because she was doing golf and then going straight to soccer practice. So that's not necessarily a endorsement of my, but, it, but it's something that <laughs> we're, there still can be overuse injuries with, with multi-sport too, because you still need to do that periodization. But it's something that Make sure that, you know, you're at least thinking about it, at least giving your kids the opportunities to. If they want to play multi-sports, let them play. Encourage it. You know, my son plays baseball, basketball, soccer. My oldest played basketball, and that made him a way better soccer player. His decision-making so much quicker on the field, you know. So those are things that you can't emulate a lot of these other sports in a soccer pitch, but they will help you on the soccer pitch. And so that's something that I would definitely check that out as well. He was also at the Ohio State University as a athletes in action staff. And Mm -hmm. if you think, oh, well, he didn't play with high level athletes and he didn't work with high level athletes. Well, think again, he was at Ohio State. So that that has some pretty good athletes coming out of that school. Anyway, folks, I will tell you that this this season was jam packed with incredible stuff from the first episode of the season to the last episode of this season jam packed with really, really good things that will help you in life. Check them out. The book recommendations. I've already read a couple of the books that were recommended in this. I also read pound the stone Joshua Medcalf during this, this season. And I will say that's one. I actually listened to it twice because it's probably my favorite of the Medcalf books. So that, that, and that says something cause they're all really good. But I thought that one was just loaded with incredible stuff. So check that out too. Don't just listen to these recommendations and go, whatever. Like of all the books these people could pick, of all the podcasts, of all the things they're watching that they could pick, this is what they say. So take take note because these guys are all very, very solid, solid leaders, men and women, are solid, solid leaders that we that we should listen to and learn from. So Paul, as we wrap up season nine, you have any uh, parting thoughts and wisdom? You know, I think we said probably everything we needed to say in the in the in the moment that we had it. But I just want to to preemptively say, listen, I know what's coming up in the next season as well. It will not disappoint again. So as we reflect back on on season nine, definitely looking forward to to what's coming in in season ten. So just a little little tease out there, a little bit of what's to come. But if anybody's used to, to, to what we're putting forward, I think they'll be really happy with what's what's coming again. So we just appreciate what everybody's doing as they engage and hoping that, that they just can give us some feedback as well. We've talked about that. 
love hearing from from our listeners and what they want to hear more of or less of is helpful as we navigate what we're putting together here for them. Yeah. And on that note, if you have guests, please let us know. Several of our guests, like I told you, Jeff Spencer, one of my favorite guests we've had, came from a recommendation from a friend and he connected us and we got him on pretty quickly after that. And so that's something another guy connected me with somebody, somebody connected with me on LinkedIn and we're going to get him on soon. So this is something that we would love to hear from you because obviously we want to get people on the show that you want. It's not just Paul and I musing on, Oh, the, you know, some of it is, yeah, I'd love to talk with that person, you know, still trying to get, you know, Marcy Jobson, she's really hard to get. So, you know, but you, you know, have I, to go I through her people. In, That's the yeah, problem. I know. And yeah. I got to find her people. Cause yeah. you know, I, I thought I had her people. Apparently not. <laughs> so anyway, but that uh, in a serious note, like reach out to us, let us know what, what is sticking with you. Let us know any thoughts, feedback you have on how we can make the show better. And in particular, let us know any guests that you think we should get on the show. Love to, you know, the best is if you can connect us with those guests and we can, we can, we can do that. But even if you have guests and you'd love to hear, let us know and we can reach out to them and see if we can get them on. Most, like I said, most people are accessible if you, if you let them know why you think it'd be a good fit. So folks, with all of that, you know, we talked about Warrior Way warriorwaysoccer.com. Check it out. The link to that is in the show notes. Coaching the Bigger Game, link to that is in the show notes. If you want to learn more about North American sports movement, we'll have that link in the show notes as well. Talked about that with the Cup of Nations earlier on. Nations United is another thing we're working on there. You know, So we'll have all that information in the show notes. Anything we referenced in the show notes, go back and check out the, the episodes from this season. And you know, believe it or not, we're going to be at episode 130 when we kick off Ooh, season 10. Man. So that is super, super cool. And folks share this episode with others, rate and review it on, you know, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're, wherever you're listening to this so we can get it out to more people, but share it. Word of mouth is always the best. And we appreciate all of that. And as always, we hope that you're taking everything that you're learning and you're using it to be a better coach, a better parent, a better spouse, a better friend, a better leader, better in all that you do. And continually remind yourself that soccer does explain life and leadership. Thanks a lot. Have a great couple weeks. 